Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Wake Forest hit their stride. Unfortunately, it was against the Orange, handing them their third loss of the season, their first in ACC play. Sidibe will not redshirt. All of that, plus, we will do another quick preview of Notre Dame. Let's go. Episode 48 of the Cuse Nation Podcast with Sean and Joe. You can be found on iTunes, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Google Play Music, YouTube, and SoundCloud. I am Sean, alongside my good buddy Joe. Back two days later. This is our, this is our quickest back-to-back podcast action that we've ever done. So um, yep. give it up to Joe. He fit it in his schedule. He's a busy guy. And he's getting it done for you guys, aren't you, Joe? <laughs> oh, God. You're just as busy as me, man. Come on. So, anyways, well, I didn't work today because I was snowed in here in in Va Beach, um, yeah. which is absolutely brutal here. But I won't, I won't, I won't get into all that. But no, yeah. So, no. Um, we weren't sure, obviously, if we were going to do this, but this Wake Forest post game immediately. But we decided to. We had time. Uh, the loss, a cornucopia, a potpourri pot, if you will, of things that could be contributed to this loss, I think. It, um, it was a little bit nerve-wracking, but it wasn't, like, ugly hard to watch, um, just because so many little things. Um, but first, Joe, before we go over that, talk us off the ledge. Help me up. Give me a pat on the ass. Tell me everything's going to be okay, because if you read social media, we suck. It's over. That's it. So, um, we'll be all right. I mean, you know, it seemed like you could attribute you could attribute a little lack of defense. You could you could attribute like you brought up yesterday um, after the game that Wake Forest just played a good game. They yeah. just they played a good game. Tyus Battle did not have a good game. Thirteen turnovers uh, as a team between Tyus Battle and uh, Howard. They had eleven of them. Mm-hmm. So uh, Tyus Battle said after the game, I didn't, I, I didn't do anything well tonight. I have to do better. I would agree. I don't think he didn't do anything well, but he, he, if, like you said to me today, to quote Joe, if Tyus Battle has a bad night, you know our chances of losing go dramatically up. Yeah. So from the floor, yeah. from the floor though, Syracuse forty two percent to Wake's forty four point six, threes thirty eight point eight. To 47.3. Uh, they had two guys, though, that really shot. They shot uh, 7 of 13 between the two of them. Yeah. And who's that? Mitchell uh, Wilbelkin. Wilbelkin. Wilbelkin, yeah. And uh, Bryant Crawford. Bryant Crawford. Yeah. yeah. So 
I think they were uh, seven to seven to thirteen. Seven to thirteen combined. Yeah, combined. Yeah. Uh, free throws. Syracuse once again really hitting them um, in stride. Yep. That could be attributed to Pas- Pascal. I mean, he's nailing them, and he didn't have many fouls yesterday either. But if we could get. I think after Coach Alan Griffin has him shoot his 100 foul shots after practice, maybe he should do the old um, run down the line drill with the ball and and everybody try to slap the damn ball out of his hands because uh, it didn't seem like it was tough work last night as he looked like he was holding on to a slippery fish most of the time when he was grabbing yeah. the ball. Um, yeah. So Frank Howard, though, five for seven from behind the arc, which was good. And, yeah, Frank uh, was good. Yeah. So – all right, Joe. What did I miss? What did I miss? Give us your give us your thoughts. I think loss. just like Syracuse fans always do when we start out a season well, it it doesn't matter what the expectations are or were in the beginning of the game. I understand that expectations grow and stuff like that, but we have a good record, but we have a lot of close games. We have a lot of second half or late second half comebacks and there wasn't like the expectations for this team weren't really that high and we really didn't know what we were going to get. So with that came a lot of close games and we've had to basically grit them out. You know, like we talked about last episode, the little things that they have been doing, being scrappy, going to the line, uh, turnover steals, offensive rebounds and putbacks, um, the blocks, just all the, the little things, you know, that they do that's the little things that have gotten them through all these close games in the non-conference and got them the record that they do. But uh, if any of that kind of stuff falters, and like I said, and on top of that, Tyus Battle get into foul trouble, have to sit for three, three and a half minutes, and Tyus Battle not have an overall good game, like normal to what he is. I mean, it was a below average game. So when that happens, then I don't think, especially in the ACC, I don't really think there's a team bad enough. To, to where you're probably not going to lose that game, especially on the road as well. So, right, and, and there's the, points when they looked a little unfocused and really not into it, and I think that attributed some of it as well. So, again, I mean, I think Wake Forest they moved the ball well and got got the ball down around the baseline, around the hoop, um, very, very well early to where they got passes. out to their lead. Yeah. Yep. And then we kind of. Uh, switched up, you know, we, we changed our zone to stop that and we kind of started holding them and we came back and then basically I thought we played pretty good and we got a good lead and then they had that little little uh, couple minutes there where they were just hitting threes and we just had some bad shots and then we just didn't get certain, just things didn't go our way at the end when we needed them to and that's what happens in close games. Is there was... it's, cl- it's close, close, close and then something's got to happen good and go your way in, at the end of the game. Uh, whether it's shots falling or offensive rebounds or a call um, that doesn't get called, so yeah, yeah. I mean, we can hit that up too. But the uh, <laughs> the, the 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 no call, the no foul on on Howard that ended up in a fast break was pretty much was it could have been. I mean, there's no telling because we didn't get the foul shots, but it was it was at the most a four point turnaround. Uh, yeah, you know, so. Um, Syracuse was out rebounded, thirty-eight to twenty-nine. Uh, out rebounded. Yeah, first game they're the, out rebounded, right? First game this year that they were out rebounded, and it's kind of you know in front of eight thousand fans, they they weren't a factor all night. Okay, the 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 uh, Wake Forest fans were not 
they weren't they weren't loud they weren't obnoxious uh it was a complete non-factor and you would think that in a scenario like that for the orange being on the road it could be um you know maybe maybe a good opportunity to get over the the road woes you know that are seeming to carry over from last year um yeah just they weren't a factor so it wasn't it wasn't um i mean yeah they weren't in the dome okay but i mean you got well, then that's it's just a lot of it is just when I say that in this instance, it's not the, like you said necessarily that. I mean, there's probably a decent amount of uh, Syracuse fans there, too. But I just talk about yeah, just familiar familiarity. You know what I mean? As far as playing on the court and just, just there is a difference even in not necessarily. It doesn't have to be because it's loud or the fans, but just the fact the familiarity of of the court and where you practice. And that's where you play most. So. Right. That is kind of a real thing. Home sweet so, home. yeah, yeah. So that that's what I mean as far as that goes. That's, home sweet it's home. always just being on the road. It's, you're not in your normal, comfortable routine, um, and it's just you know sometimes it just makes it a little difficult. So yeah. Um, one thing I want to mention before we we do um, go any further before I forget, uh, Barama Sadibi did play yesterday, yep. so he is no longer eligible. Apparently, coach asked him. If he wanted to be redshirted, and Sadibi said no, he wa- I want to play. So yep. Sadibi going to work through some of the tendonitis issues he's having, um, and I think that's good. I think that's good. It's still early in the season. He's got plenty of time to go through and and heal up and get on the court and be in practice and be suited up. And yep. he's, he's a reliable second man. And the the problem is the amount of reps and or the <laughs> the amount of minutes he's getting now. You know, we've got to build that back up and get him back out there and get him comfortable again. So I guess the more you do that, the better. Throw him in for yeah. a few minutes every game until he's better. Well, and it answers our question. You know, there's not going to be stories about it. People aren't going to talk about it anymore. I mean, he can't redshirt, so it's just going to be a game-to-game thing. You know, and I, I yeah. predict that he's going to have to, like you said, just build his minutes up, get familiar with playing with those guys again and getting back in the rotation. And um, if he doesn't play well, then – he probably won't get minutes. If there's games where he doesn't play, we probably know it's because his tendonitis flared back up. But other than that, I mean, yeah, and I have I have like some tendonitis in my elbows, and it sucks. So, and it's been years. So I don't know how he's going to deal with it, but I don't have the doctors he has either. Good old tennis elbow back from the day when you were yeah tennis. back in the day when I used to you know get out on the courts. Never. Um, I don't uh, know how I got yeah. It. So <laughs> the uh, swinging a hammer the, uh, probably. The one question that I would ask now, that's probably the next question, the next story is what what would the deal with uh, Merrick and only playing nine minutes? Yeah, I mean, I, I know I, I know Moyer was playing. I I know Moyer played uh, played well. I mean, but usually, you know, he's the spark, and I don't know why. You know, he would only get nine minutes. I don't know if there was something, some underlying thing that we didn't know about, whether or not he was just under the weather, or if there was some type of injury that happened in practice or something, but. Or if it was just the flow of the game, but I just felt like the sample size wasn't big enough, you know. Yeah, um, I, I think you know, while he turned the ball over once, he was just just barely getting out there, turned the ball over. I, I want to yeah. see, I want to see him get more minutes. They he he was mostly used when when coach wanted to press. Right. Inbounds guy. Well, and that was another thing too. Like you said, we got out rebounded and maybe I mean they did a, a great job on finding bodies. They had a seven foot one guy who's thicker and has more weight and strength than Chukwu that was kind of pushing him around a little bit on some rebounds. So they definitely got bodies 
um, on our bodies and boxed out, and that, that was one yeah. of the worst. And again, that's Some a big part of our offense. That's a big part of our offense. Yeah, huge part. And we just a lot of times just weren't getting the, the bounce. You know, we weren't in the right yep. spot at the right time. And also with um, Merrick, you know, it, the game was so tight all the way through. I, you know, coach was probably just like, you know, he had battle and foul trouble and everything. He was just, I think, just trying to keep everything um, cohesive out there. And that's what he thought would work best. But like you said, I think Merrick's scrappy enough to go out there and create things that aren't even there sometimes. And he has that ability. So, I mean, I'm, he know, coach knows better than me, but I'd, I'd, I'd use him a little bit more. So, um, all right, Joe, any final thoughts on... Wake Forest. Uh, just that, it's, like you said, you wanted a pat on the the back and say it's okay. Uh, it's not. What I I'm think saying. it's just the jury's still out. You know, as far as there wasn't expectations for this team. This team's very young, so and they did play a lot of close games. When you play close games, there's going to be times when it just doesn't go your way. So Absolutely. there are going to be losses like this, unfortunately. And Wake Forest, even though the record is only seven and six, eight and six now, but. Uh, you know, they played North Carolina to a four-point game, and um, it's starting to look like Danny Manning's found his rotation because they were pretty good, you know. And they did that, and their leading scorer got hurt last night, um, didn't even play the second half. I mean, he I only played, uh, I want to say, about five minutes. Yeah. So, um, so the Wake Forest, you have to remember, they made the tournament last year. So just because they started bad doesn't mean that they're not a, a, a better team at this point. So we'll just have to wait and see. You know, it's just one game at a time, but, you know, being – what is it? Twelve and three. Twelve and three. One and one in I mean, the ACC. It's not. It's not the end of the world. Like I told you earlier, we were eight and five after non-conference play last year. So let's see how many games we play this year before we get five losses. That's right. Good point. And you know, keep your heads up, Cuse Nation. It's not the end of the world. It's. A, it's. It kind of sucks, but I think um, Joe kind of convinced me this last night. Wake Forest is probably just getting their footing, and we just happen to be a victim of of them kind of hitting their stride a little bit there. And um, it is what it is. But we got Notre Dame coming on Saturday. We did this preview, but Joe, you got something uh, you want to point out? Uh, Notre Dame went and beat up on NC State. Yes. Yeah. Um, Well, Bonzi Colson did have successful surgery for all those Notre Damers out there. But he is not going to be in uniform on Saturday, so that's good for us. Uh, again, I still think that we're going to get, um, pretty good attendance. You know, we both guessed what we thought it was going to be. I think, uh, you might be a little bit closer after that loss last night, but I don't know. We'll um, see. We'll see. <laughs> I said, just for the record, if you didn't listen yeah. last. Episode, no. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah. I was uh, 25. So, Joe was 28. Right. So Notre Dame, they, uh, last night defeated, um, North Carolina state, uh, 85 to 88 or 88 to 58. Sorry, my bad. Yeah. Um, 30, 30 point game. Yeah. And again, like I said, Bonzi Colson was out and, uh, their leading point guard, their main guy, um, Matt Farrell, he, uh, sprained an ankle and I think he kind of sat out the second half precautionary because they were up enough. So, um, then I have a question though. I have a question. Yes. Is Notre Dame still this good? Are they that dangerous still, or does NC State just do they suck? Um, yeah, 
That's, I don't know. That's, again, that's really, really what, it, that's pretty much what I was going to say, was I was going to end that with basically saying that who knows how good NC State is because they lost a lot of guys. That, um, I think they had a coaching change. They had a couple suspensions, a couple of guys, you know, they're just, yeah. I mean, they seem to be a mess. It seems every, every year they play NC State, I seem, I feel like they have a new team. I don't even, you know, they're just one of those teams that, it, doesn't never feel like there's a player that's there for like two, three, four years. Yeah. So every year is different. So right. I have no idea. I mean, I'm pretty sure it was at Notre Dame and um, they're probably fired up to try to prove and get back. You know, obviously there's, there's minutes to be, to be had with Bonzi Colson being out. So someone's got to step up. And last night it was uh, a freshman who had been struggling off the bench. He came out and, and played well. TJ Gibbs, another guard, that I scored, I think, 22 points. So, and again, Matt Farrell is a great point guard, and I'm sure he'll be ready to go come Saturday. So He is, yeah. I, yeah, so I guess just, I mean, that's just going to be, we. you still don't really know what to expect is basically what it comes down to. I was just basically letting everybody know what they did. So Yeah, you know, just never underestimate a team because they're missing a guy. Never underestimate a team because... Maybe they didn't do as good in in um, uh, non conference as you, and they lost yeah. the bad games. Don't underestimate anybody because this is, you know, this is Division One basketball, and it's you know you're playing with the best the best college athletes on the planet. So yeah, I mean yeah. that's it. And keyword basketball because some nights you just don't have it. Some nights it's just that's an true. inch away and it's right. the bounce here or battle last night. Battle last yeah. night. He didn't. He was not feeling it. Right. So. <clears throat> Again, it's, this is a wait and see. I think it's still going to end up being a good a good win because Notre Dame is a talented team, and uh, I hope that this Bonzi Colson thing doesn't kill them and hurt their tournament chances. But um, yeah, I guess just got to go to the dome. Got to go to the dome, help them out, and hopefully one to end uh, Saturday afternoon, thirteen and three. That's it. Okay, so um, Saturday at three o'clock, three fifty. It says three o'clock, three fifteen. Uh, yeah, ESPN or ESPN two. If you don't go to the dome, uh, if you do, go there. Make some noise, Joe. Any final thoughts? Just got to get on the boards. And look for Ty's battle. They haven't bounced back game. I expect them to have a very good game. Yeah, there you go. Good one. Good point. All right, for Joe, I'm Sean. We're out. We'll see you next time. You just heard the Cuse Nation podcast with Sean and Joe. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the Metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly... Patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. 
Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact.